Trade and Investment is the government organisation which helps promote overseas business. So our job is to take UK companies overseas and help them to trade in the markets uh, that are most suitable for them. And my role is the lead for fashion, both nationally and within the London region. In the countries where fashion is most uh, popular, which includes the Middle East, Japan, USA, we have specialists in fashion who will do market research for any UK company, which means that they look at the market possibilities, they look at opportunities, background, cities where a company should move to, and we also find potential partners to introduce the companies to. And once they have seen their research and liked it, we put together a program for the company with appointments made, somebody to accompany them, translator, guide, whatever's necessary. So this is really, really helpful to any company that wants to go overseas. Started off with Marks and Spencer uh, in the UK doing the technology and the sourcing side of things. Um, eventually spread out into Europe, sourcing product there. And latterly with Marks and Spencer, I was in Asia, in Hong Kong covering textiles, accessories and hard goods. Then I left Marks and Spencer. I ran a sourcing office in Hong Kong for nearly five years. And then after that, I went to Coach Handbags as their sourcing director in China. And latterly have moved on to other types of product when I came back to the UK. Sourcing is obviously um, going out and finding a product that you want to purchase. So you've actually got to go beyond that and there's a whole team of people usually in selection, merchandising, distribution, design who will all get together and will build that up into a, a product and they'll work out the numbers, the colours, how many stores they're going to put it in, all those sorts of things to go with it and from that you then come out and say okay this is what we want to buy. At that point then sort of the procurement team would probably step in and say, okay, we know what you want to buy, we know what price you want for it, so that sets it at these types of vendors. From that you would then go out and get a short list and say, okay, what would you charge to make this product? They'll come back with a costing and a prototype fee perhaps. They'll tell you what tooling costs are required to make it and then from that you can decide which one is your key vendor that you want to go with and then you move on to the, the purchasing side of it. The traditional um, supply chain has changed. So if you go back 10 to 15 years, British companies, British retailers bought product from UK factories. And I think with the advance of China, India, um, Southeast Asia in manufacturing and more low-cost manufacturing, uh, one of the biggest changes we've seen is that our supply chain comes from Asia and also partly from other parts of Europe, um, but it doesn't come so much from the UK. Say so you look at a company like Monsoon um, and its subsidiary Accessorize, Monsoon and Accessorize 
are really all around the world. They've been very successful and they have, they have a certain um, slightly ethnic British look. Another fabulous retailer is Zara. Zara has stores all over the world. Zara became famous because they watched what was going on on the catwalks and they had it in their own factories and they were reproducing products at a very, very good price within weeks. Zara has got its own factories in Spain. It's got three key design teams, one for men's, one for ladies, one for children's, and they're independent. The design teams are continuously talking with one another. They have a small sample room in the corner where things are made and they encourage people to interact, to create it. When it comes to the materials, they're using very simple materials that can be dyed up very quickly. They're using inkjet printers to create designs on fabric instantly. And they're using relatively low-priced materials to keep the costs down. And that's what Fast Track is all about. And the key to that also is to do it as local to your point of sale as you can. You can't do fast track out of China because you've got four weeks in the water unless you're going to air freight something. And that's hugely expensive. goes against all the environmental side of things. So a brand that's looking to go overseas, well, they'll obviously look at what their competition is doing. And they will read about the markets. They research them on the internet. We would then hope they come to talk to us. Some of the smaller retailers will come to us and say, we don't know about this market. What do you think would be suitable for us? And we will then suggest markets that they might look at. Once we've um, talked to the embassies overseas, got their opinion on the brand, we will then say to the company, yes, we think this could work for you, or maybe, no, why don't you look at a different market? Third-party sourcing is where there's a big company that has got all the expertise, has all the suppliers, has access to their design and development teams, and those would be companies like, say, a William E. Connor or a Lian Fung, big, well-known companies with the background, but they will charge you for developing the product, anything from 5% for somebody who's a big company to 40 50% for little companies because they're taking a risk. Then you have the personal recommendation and it's, you know, like maybe somebody you would know and they've said, oh, we should go to this company. You've still got to prove the route. You've got to develop the try and try and test the, the, the product. But it's fairly straightforward and you make contact with the vendor, you negotiate and agree a price, get a prototype and then you purchase it. And then the last one is the kind of the internet sourcing where you don't really know what you're buying or where you're going to go, but you've got to hunt for it. And you use keyword searches in Google. Up will come a number of big uh, trading companies like Global Sources or B2B or um, Alibaba. And in that, they've got a whole plethora of um, different sites doing different products, and each one is a vendor. And some of those will have been researched, some of them will be clearly labelled as, you know, suppliers that they've been dealing with for four or five years. So there's a little bit of a track record. Forecasting is really the key. Forecasting is looking back at the history and working out what you're going to buy for the future. And a, a good retailer will have teams of people poring over the, the history. 
and then they will work out and say, okay, well, we need to maybe buy 20,000 black tops, but we don't need them all at once, so we'll plan it that we buy 5,000 over four months, and we'll schedule those in these size orders, but after one month, you might change your size order so you can reshuffle what you're producing next month to fill back and try and bring forward other sizes so you're continuously shuffling around sizing, colouring, um, maybe something that you've tried that had a collar on it didn't sell so you maybe make it with a granddad collar to try and still move the same thing but change it slightly to make it work.